Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, whenever, wherever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 75, coming at you from the Me Your True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host and producer Eric Fisher. Joining me in person, Ramsey Thompson. Ramsey, welcome back, buddy. How are you doing? Awesome. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic. And joining us via the Zoom room, Justin Dahl. Justin, how are you doing, buddy? Maybe? I'm doing pretty good. Um some some things that we've got to talk about tonight guys that i'm really excited about uh the badgers had a hot week in the recruiting world so i'm 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 happy to get there and we've got the full crew this week i'm happy ramsey can come back and elaborate on on the ross chastain crash with kyle bush which was a pretty awesome crash um and and how he felt about the all-star race, which, you know, there's been some good, some bad uh, talk about it. So I'm excited to get into it. Can we start there? Well, we got a couple of things to cover first. Can we just go to Nuggie right away? We can wait. Let's wait. Ugh. Sorry, Ramsey. Whatever. Gotta talk. We got to talk about our partners first. They're the ones who help us keep the lights on. Sorry. Contractual obligations, Ramsey. I'm sure you can understand. I think that we should... Uh... Skip the contract obligations so I can talk about NASCAR for a little while. In a bit, okay? Well, just simmer down for a second, okay? No. Anyway, so <laughs> first we got our partners over at Monkey Knife Fight. Plenty of contests you can be playing in. They had the stuff for the for the PJ Championship over the weekend. Playoff basketball, baseball on the daily basis. USFL action going on. Check it out. Put money in your pocket. MonkeyKnifeFight.com and their app. Also, our friends over at Raise Energy, code ROOT4 on repsports.com. Get 15% off any order with code ROOT4. And finally, the, the Italian lemon ice coming out this week. So that flavor should be out soon. Check that out as we get into summer. Code ROOT4, 15% off your order. With that, we go to our positives first, Ramsey. Our positives, which is what we had rooted for over the last week. And that is brought to you by Fanatics. Show your love for your team, whether you're on top of the world or at the bottom of the game. Hashtag love on. Hashtag big league style. Show your love for your team. And with that, Ramsey, you've been gone for two weeks. So what what positives do you have? What have you rooted for in the last two weeks? Nothing. Okay. We're, we're going to go nothing good in NASCAR, nothing good in in the racing world. Not really. I mean, Kansas was kind of a dud. All right, Justin. The All-Star race was a definite dud. That might have been the worst race I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> All right, Justin. What do you got for positives? Let's let's light this thing up a little bit. Um, You know, in, in reality, there's nothing that really uh, struck us and for the sake of further – or struck us closer to home and, and for the sake of uh, – uh, a later segment, I'll, I'll shy away from the Badgers. Um, but in 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 general, I thought the USFL had another good week as far as the games that were played. Um, they're starting to make a believer out of me. I don't know if you guys uh, hooked up with the link of the article that I sent you about what they possibly think the future could hold for the league. Uh, I think... Um, my view on the league after reading that article has totally changed, Eric. 
I, I think it could really stick around for a little bit. And in the way that they're starting to build it is, uh, is almost exactly like what we talked about, but a slower process. I did not read the article you sent. I've been I've been pretty busy the last few days here, but I I do think it is going in the right direction. I think, you know, you can't necessarily tell from, and we're watching a replay from the weekend here, but, um, you know, you also can't see from the, the crowd perspective, but I think the TV ratings for it are doing great. I think you're getting pretty decent football. Um, oh, that camera guy just died. Um, so I'll give you that. I think that's been pretty, you know, again, like I said, I think this is probably the best offshoot product that we've had in quite some time besides the NFL. The trainer laughing at that camera guy that just got taken out. I did. The trainer went down right away in the chicks. Even, yeah, even the trainers are awesome in this thing, man. Um, so, so in reality, on the article, guys, and, and I suggest reading it because it's really good, they have taken a, a slow approach in, in why they are playing these hubs uh, or this, at all these eight teams playing at this one hub. And, I, you know, I just Googled out expansion on USFL and, and possibly where it could go. Um, they do want to grow, and they're, and they're talking about um, – some, maybe some expansion cities and then maybe next year will be two hubs and then the third year um, these teams playing in their host sites um, and really just trying to build a brand slowly in the correct steps uh, with Fox's um, guidance um, so they've talked to uh, potential uh, you know, rich people. Uh, one of the names that was uh, dropped that could become a potential owner would be Alex Rodriguez of maybe the New Jersey Generals here, the team that's playing on the replay right now. Um, so these things are in play already. Uh, I think I think maybe I just didn't do enough research on the situation. I think the article that I sent you was... Uh, uh, posted in February. So they, they've really thought this thing through the growth of how this thing is going to go. Um, and, and hopefully, uh, it sticks around, man, that trainer, that dude just took, Oh man, you are way behind us. I, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm watching the replay. Oh, now. Yeah. They're just replaying. Oh, I took the helmet right I'm to a, the nuts. There he is. Oh <laughs> man, that poor son of a bitch. They could get rid of this drone thing though. Like that's that's a no. The drone is cool, Justin. No, I would. No the NFL will probably do something like that. Almost guaranteed. No. Yeah. Get it off the field. No more drones. <laughs> all right, my quick root for because I really didn't have a strong one here, but oh, but I'm the bad guy for not having one at all. Yeah. Speaking of when Ramsey was right, what do you got, Ramsey? Did these guys see about Dwayne Haskins. I don't think anyone was doubting you. I don't think we can put this in the root for category, but I, I, you, you weren't wrong. I'm, that's I'm just, all I'm gonna say. I'm just saying that I wasn't wrong. Um, I'm just gonna go and and Justin, I know it's something that we've talked about extensively that the the turnover in the Green Bay basketball program, um, and the players specifically in the transfer portal. I gotta say, you know, I'm very optimistic of some of the talent that's been brought back in here and, and for this new recruiting class um, from both 
JUCO transfers and just some other transfers, transfers, including most recently here, uh, the 10th ranked player in the state of Wisconsin from last year's class uh, was Brock Hefner, who had redshirted at University of Hawaii, decided he wanted to come back home, a little bit closer from his hometown of Grafton, coming back to Wisconsin, coming back to Green Bay. So uh, Green Bay now from the 20 and granted a year, maybe a year too late, but Green Bay now in the top of that class from 2021 will have three guys who are in the top 10 on their roster this coming year. And they had, if you, you know, with Kamari McGee, he was the seventh ranked player who transferred to Wisconsin. So I, just a quick shout out there. But uh, Cade Meyer, Brandon, or Braden Daly, and now Brock Hefner, all Green Bay Phoenix going forward. So that was my very quick route for Ramsey. I know you're chunks. I've got one slight on that. Can you imagine, like, being the person that wants to transfer from Hawaii to come back to Green Bay? Like, let's just put that in perspective. Like, I'm just saying Hawaii would suck yes. to live there, though. Well, Why? Know, tropical Tourists. places are always fun to visit, not live. Anytime you go to an island, stuff is so crazy expensive. And for the NIL deal for the or the Hawaii basketball team, I can't imagine it's great. Very limited, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Plus, you never know what maybe a family situation. Maybe you want to be closer to home. Wouldn't you feel ridiculous, Justin, if that was the case? No. It's yeah. Hawaii. Anyway. It's freaking Hawaii. Great place to visit, not to live. On a school's dime? Yes. <laughs> Don't know if I agree with that one. Anyways. So, Noogie of the Week time. Tyler here, Noogie of the Week, who, by the way, is out for Game 5 tonight of Miami good. versus Boston. So do with that what you will. But, Ramsey, I can tell her that you're ready to go. Have at it. Oh, my God. So the All-Star race is at Texas this weekend. People are playing for a million dollars, right? Or racing for a million dollars. Texas is probably the worst track on the entire schedule. People couldn't pass the leader because of how the track was banked and how the clean air was Or working. lack thereof. It's insane. And then NASCAR, and this is the big issue. People are kind of focusing on the window net, but we'll get to that here in a second. Um, NASCAR throws a phantom caution when Ryan Blaney's 100 feet from the finish line. For Ricky Stenhouse, who scraped the wall. According to Ricky Stenhouse's spotter, allegedly he didn't even hit the wall. NASCAR throws a caution. As that happens, Ryan Blaney takes his window net down. And then NASCAR has the audacity to just let him run with a window net that wasn't secured. Denny Hamlin said in his post-race conference that, yeah, they almost wrecked coming off turn number two. Ryan Blaine didn't have a window net. Ryan Blaine turns into traffic. Someone hits his window net and dies. Then how does that look on NASCAR? So not only did NASCAR pick the worst possible track to have the All-Star race at, not only did they throw a fake caution at the end of the race to try to make something happen instead of just letting it be a shitty race, then they do something that's super dangerous and just hope that people focus on the super dangerous thing to realize that they're not... Um, a total fuck up of an organization. That that's my nugget. NASCAR, you, that was 
terrible. Like, obscenely bad. Let Ryan Blaney run down the pit, let him fix his window net, let him go back to first place. Because you guys threw the caution and made the stipulation that the race had to end under green, which isn't a normal rule. Ryan Blaney had the che- the checkered flag was, I don't believe it was all the way out, but it was coming out. And you throw a phantom caution. Well, isn't after the white flag the race ends anyway? Not in the all-star race. It had to end under green. Special rule, yeah. Ugh. So, yes, I, I totally agree. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is, is uh, safety concerns. They should have just let Blaney. They should have just red red flagged the race, and had an official come out, and put his window net back up. Or like, I'll be good. Just let it, him. It would have taken two seconds. Let him run down pit lane real quick. Let the window guy or the crew guy put it back up for him. Send him back out. They they could have done that. Or like you I said, don't red flag it. throw the official out there. Whatever. Whatever you got to do to get it fixed, do it right, though, instead of just... And on top of that, can you imagine if Blaney would have lost that race? And part of me thinks that Denny Hamlin didn't run as hard as Denny Hamlin could have ran him. Because I think Denny Hamlin was worried about wrecking the guy. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine being Denny Hamlin in that spot? Who, I've never been a big Denny Hamlin fan, but I do like 2022 Denny Hamlin. He oh, is, yeah. He is an excellent Twitter follow. Yeah, he is. So He's very critical of NASCAR. He should be though. There, it's a bunch of fucking clowns. Like, we we do this stuff and we do everything in the name of safety, and because no one's died in NASCAR recently, they kind of get lax on the safety. And the new car, everyone says, is super stiff. Like these cars are dangerous, and NASCAR rushed it out because they needed to have a new car come out. Like. Instead of postponing the car a year to get the safety concerns fixed, they're kind of doing the safety concerns on a fly. So not only do you have a car that's kind of unsafe to begin with, a very stiff car when it hits the wall, you have phantom cautions and letting a guy run without a window net. Like, it's just, it's baffling to me. Yeah, and I want to go back to what, you know, something very underrated that you said in the whole grand scheme of things i'm gonna i i don't get going away from charlotte for the all-star race i've never gotten that i think it should be there no it should be at bristol sure that too one of the two they should put it at bristol or darlington or the mile and a half package in nascar has been really bad for about five or six years now but you to it's, to go to a it's track. It's a clean air race, yeah. It's a clean air race. To go yeah. to the to go to a track where literally, if you take a tire groove out of the singular groove of the track, and you have no chance to pass for your all star race is ridiculous. Well, not only that, we obviously saw Kyle Busch have a flat tire going down the front stretch, and didn't call the caution. And then you let Ross Chastain hit him at 180 miles an hour. I am amazed that he was okay. Both parties were or even amazed Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott had almost a harder hit than both of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, isn't like yeah. cool to see wrecks like that? It is cool to see, but it's almost hard to watch, too, because you're like, I really, shit. really don't want to watch someone die on the NASCAR circuit. Like, that's a right. downer. Like, oh, man, NASCAR is just... I saw the video of that, and I was, you know, I was coming back. I was on my phone. I saw the video of that, and I was like, I 
audibly just out loud. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you watch it happen, and then you're like hoping you see movement in the cars because, again, like I go back you're to hoping you said, see a window net come down in this case. No, just any movement at all. Right. Like, I don't even care if the window net comes out or not. Like, I just want to see the driver moving. Like, we know it's a hard hitting car. Like, the car is hard, it's a stiff car. And you, you see this happen, and you could see it coming from a mile away. Kyle Bush had nowhere to go, mm-hmm. Ross Chastain had nowhere to go. Yeah, NASCAR. Just, I've got I've got one question for you, Ramsey. I I don't mind your idea of Bristol, but I really think that the All Star race should be at a race that is not on the regular circuit. I think what um, the Speedway Group should do is invest in one of these old tracks, um, say a North Wilkesboro. Um, and I, specifically run that race I will at s- one track that year. I will say this about North Wilkesboro, and I went to North Wilkesboro when we were in North Carolina. I don't think in 2022 you will ever see a NASCAR race at North Wilkesboro. Where it is at and the infrastructure around it is nowhere near capable of probably even hosting a NASCAR race. You might see a NASCAR sanction race there. Like it wouldn't surprise me if you saw like maybe the trucks might race there or maybe like the um, I think the just yeah. An Arca race. I that's the that's the problem with some of these old tracks on how they're constructed is that they were built in like farm fields and that's what North Wilkesboro is. You go up to North Wilkesboro, it's literally like someone's house is right next to it. Like you pull up to North Wilkesboro and you drive by a guy's house. Like he's living there, he has dogs in the front yard, cars parked. Like, and I, I think that re- that restoration project there is going to be super cool to see. I don't know if it's going to be capable of hosting a NASCAR race. And that's how a lot of those old tracks are. They're in the middle of like cornfields, and that's why they're quote unquote abandoned. Um, I wouldn't necessarily mind. I, I agree with you, Justin. Maybe have a special track track to do that at and i'm sure there's one out there that could probably accommodate it but i also think we should go back to a true nascar all-star race i mean really daniel suarez really had no business being there ricky stenhouse jr really had no business being there um it should go back to how it used to be where you had to win a race to get invited to the all-star race i agree with that too you kind of dilute the product a little bit when for the most part there was and that's the other thing about the Texas race was that in reality, Chastain, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, and Ryan Blaney were really the only competitive cars. Like, it wasn't even that anyone was even really close to those guys. Mm-hmm. And you had three of them wreck out in one incident. Like, it's, it's just, we don't need to invite everyone and their brother. Like, make it, if there's seven drivers, make it be a seven driver shootout. Like, what was the name of the race they used to run before it? Like they to get into it, like they have like so many cars got into it. Was it the showdown or something like that? The open, the open, yes, the open, yeah. Now I'd be a fan of bringing. But the, then it, again, you have, you have cars like BJ McLeod out there. It's like, and this is where it really you really struggle as a fan because you know that you're not those guys aren't going to get in. But why are we making them drive 
all the way to Texas to have a shot at it just because they've got a sponsor that can get on TV. Like, it, that doesn't make sense to me. It, it should be closer to home. It should be on a track that they a, a fan doesn't see. It should be something different somewhere between. I love I love the idea of an Iowa or a North Wilkesboro or something like that that's close to home uh, that these teams don't have to travel so far away for. Or Homestead, Homestead, Miami. That's probably one of my favorite races of the year. That would be a great place to host it. One event a year, get it back to two, how it used to be back in the day. I'm sure that would be a, an interesting race. Like, it, it's just, it's it's this thing of we have all this money invested in Texas and we have to use it, but we pulled a race out of there because the racing there sucks. Like, then we're like, oh, we'll give you the all-star race. It, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It, it is literally the worst track on the schedule. Kansas isn't far behind. No, I, I don't disagree. All right, back to Nuggies, Justin. Justin, what is your Nuggie of the week? Mine's going to be fresh. Um, mine is a, a tweet by one Adam Schefter today. <laughs> I, I haven't seen this yet, but I'm already like where it's going. Do you follow Adam Schefter? Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. He tweets out... Um, that Colin Kaepernick gets a tryout for the Raiders. But before this, it's since he took a knee in 2016 for racial injustice and all this other hoopla. Why can't it just be Colin Kaepernick gets a tryout for the Raiders at 34 years old? It does. Like, if we don't know in the world today why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a, a job in football right now, then screw that uncommon fan, right? Like, we know. I don't want to hear about Colin Kaepernick's racial injustice story anymore and why he's not in football. Colin Kaepernick is trying to get himself past that and get back into football. Let's just report the goddamn news that he's got a tryout for the Raiders. I don't care anymore about the other crap. Let the guy move on from it. He got done what he wanted to get done. He's trying to move on from it, and and he's got a tryout. That's it. Like Let's just get there and be done with it. I can answer your question, Justin. This is something, and, and I say this kind of jokingly, but also, you know, dead serious. The problem with Schefter, and we saw this with the Dwayne Haskins situation, whether or not Ramsey was right, which he was. Well, Schefter was right, too. Talked about how he had poor judgment. Thanks, Ramsey. Just saying. But the problem with Schefter, and and maybe it's maybe it's the society as a whole that we live in where we don't have as much media literacy, but Schefter has become part of the news story. His narrative that he he's putting out there, instead of just breaking news, he's been trying to create a narrative out of it. It's it's not true reporting. It's reporting with a spin. So that's that's the issue we have here with, with Schefter at this point. Yeah. And it's time it's and time again where the journalistic integrity is virtually gone because every time he tweets something and it has to be with this spin 
We saw it with Dwayne Haskins. We saw it with Aaron Rodgers. We saw it, you know, with JPP. We've seen it now with Colin Kaepernick. It's it's nonstop at this point where the guy has to be part of the story. It's utterly terrible. It, I mean, it's just... It's, you're right. I don't think I'm going to follow him anymore. Like, it's just... it's. I hope that these other reporters like Rappaport don't follow this joke of a reporter. I, I can't stand it anymore. So I, that's all I'm going to say on it. Um, my nugget of the week is, is a story that kind of comes fresh as well. And it's former Brewer, current Arizona Diamondback, Zach Davies. Who? And Zach Davies became a news story last week. So... Zach Davies, he was traded by the Brewers to the Padres, then traded by the Padres to the Cubs, and now he's with the the Diamondbacks. Well, somewhere, I think after the 2020 season, where he was traded to um, San Diego, or maybe it was just after the trade, or traded from San Diego to, um, to Chicago, it turns out the guy goes to his wife, texted her one text message, blocked her on everything, Hasn't talked to her in two years. <laughs> like, I, and, and you know, I, I don't want to go and be, you know, because the whole Johnny Depp thing that's going on right now has proved a lot of people, you know, that it, it can be women, can be the toxic one and the abusive one, whatever. I'm not saying that, you know, whatever. But this guy was like her, his, this girl was like his biggest supporter. Like she was like going after Twitter trolls all the time for him. And he just says, nah, I'm out and left. Like, didn't come home for his stuff. Didn't ever talk to her. Like, and then just on top of it. Well, night, why is this your noogie? Well, hold on. Well, first of all, like I said, just I think I find it very funny, the fall from grace. But and I'm never advocating for someone to get hurt. But so this comes out last week um, ahead of his most recent start, which was actually Monday night. This kind of came out. And. The guy gets shelled in his first game since this all breaks out. And then he ends up having to exit the game after taking a 112 mile per hour line drive off his shin. Off the bat. Uh, Yeah, I'm a little confused here. I just think he's a piece of shit. So he's my nuggie. Because he he left his wife? Well, just again, just the fact that he just dips out. How do we know she wasn't a shitbag? We don't. And and in that case, like I said, I don't want to rush to judgment. How do we know she's not smoking meth in the bathroom? We don't. Yeah. But and, and I like How said, do I don't you know she's not banging the pool guy? Well, exactly. Well, we're talking about this. There also was that he was having multiple affairs on her too. But like I said, it was just it was it all comes out, and the guy takes a he gets shelled. I think he gave He's like, a pro athlete. They all do. Gives up five runs in like three innings and then takes a 112 mile an hour line drive off the shin. I feel bad for the poor guy. I'm going to say his wife was smoking meth. I'm going to say she was banging the pool guy. And smoking meth. And smoking meth with the pool guy. I'm not saying that's a confirmed confirmed fact. But I'm going to say it's an unconfirmed report by the roofers. Conspiracy. I might give you a noogie for that story, Eric. How is That's that not a noogie? noogie worthy? How is that not noogie That's worthy? That's not noogie worthy. Ugh. We just assume his wife's the good one. 
as you said, we've seen with Johnny Depp that Amber Heard's a psycho bitch. I don't understand where the noogie is, though. I think just for sh- the sheer act, like I said, if if what we know at this point is true, to go be banging people on the side, then just be like, ghost this bitch for no reason. Well, yeah, he was banging people on the side. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> What what am I missing here? I'm I'm surprised two married dudes are are, are we are so... we really not good people, Ramsey, or what? I'm just I'm saying I, I think that we there's two sides of this story. And we yeah. didn't we didn't hear the poor yeah. pitcher's side and he got hit with a lime drive. I found that kind of funny, honestly. You think injuries are funnier. I don't wish for people to get hurt, but I do I do you... think karma's a thing. And I think Wish. that I think that in and of itself, this comes to fruition, and the big man upstairs or fate, karma, whatever, says no, 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 fuck you, hundred twelve to the shin. Wouldn't the big man upstairs already known though that he was? Uh, Probably, you think so? But so wouldn't that on have the happened first sooner? Act. Yeah, wouldn't have happened sooner. Well, it was they maybe finally- he's blessing him and giving him more time to get to away from his crazy and to be. With his side pieces. Ah, uh, you guys are ridiculous. And get, and get all, maybe when his wife isn't home, he can go back and get all of his shit out. Exactly. Him yeah. and his crutches and this is a his horde of this women. This isn't a noogie, Eric. You guys it's are a the blessing, worst. not a noogie. You guys are the worst. That should have been your root for. You should be rooting for the poor guy to get his stuff back. Yeah. You guys are the worst. If in, hey, well, what's if his he's name? in a wheelchair Zach because Davis. he got hit in the Zach shit. Davies is my root for. Right. I'm rooting He'll for him to get his couch back. carrying space in his, in his push cart. You guys are the worst. I hope your wives <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> I'm just saying it goes understand. both ways, Eric. Yeah, there's two dogs in this fight, Eric. We don't know what Davies... Uh, deal it was well what I'm going to say just as a final piece to this here when multiple multiple former teammates wives were on the same page I think it proves that he was a piece of shit not her don't we don't we got to take the side of the boy I don't think so. Hey, that's guy I think, code. Speak, I, I think well, I'm team Johnny piece, I take I think I for, I'm team Johnny but I'm not team piece of shit well Johnny's kind of a piece of shit Amber Heard's just a bigger piece of shit Touche. How do we know that uh, Mr. Davies is literally on the bed? <laughs> Touche as well, Justin. Anyway, <laughs> so did you guys hear the Jay Cutler story? I did. I not send that to you guys. You did. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love a good Jay awesome. Cutler story. Ramsey, tell the story. Ramsey, no, Justin, you got it. I will uh, defer it on to you. So, Cutler. He goes up, where was it? It was like to Hawaii, a vacation home or something like that with his neighbor and, and uh, Cutler's kids and his neighbor's kids. They all go out on this vacation together. Turns out Cutler's been banging the neighbor's wife this whole time. How awesome is that? Jay Cutler is like, he is a root for. Like, he just can't get out of his own way. Ever. Get out of your own way, dude. You had a hot wife. Yeah, she was up. she was crazy though too. Didn't she like leave him because he retired and was just at home all the time? <laughs> Isn't that what happened? <laughs> yes. What is her name? Uh, Christy Cavallari? Yes. Yeah, she yeah. was kind of psycho too. 
But no, isn't that what happened though? Like she just like, yeah, you know what? She made him take the Miami job because she was sick of him sitting around the couch. I know. The dude put your <laughs> ass up, gave you a roof to live it over, or a roof gave over you your head. Gave you a reality show. Gave you a reality show, and you know, and on the league, they co-starred on the league for like a season. And you know what? He he's sitting at home too much. <laughs> Go to Miami. You know what? This ain't it. <laughs> Although, is that not why Tom Brady might have came back? You know, he retires to too much time. You know, he's like, oh, I need to be with the kids more. It's had it for a month. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go back to playing football. And on top of it, I'm going to go be a broadcaster for 10 years after that. Not going to be whatever, but hanging out with Giselle all day probably isn't all that entertaining. She's one of them, like, European supermodels. Like, she's probably not all that interesting. How much? How much do you, conversation do you think they really have? Zero. I think Brady's watching film and Giselle's just hanging about, like just milling about. Yeah. She just mills about the house, like modeling, walking. <laughs> <laughs> Brady, Brady's just in his room eating avocado ice cream and watching film. Adam and she speaks in whatever language she speaks in. Yeah, she's sitting there dropping. Por- she's sitting there dropping Portuguese. He's like, "Babe, I gotta watch this 2007 Giants film." <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. Yeah, so conversation Anyways. at zero. Maybe once a week, like they happen to cross paths at dinner. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like Tom just happens to be in the kitchen while she walks through. He's pouring a bowl. He's pouring a bowl of cereal with like organic goat milk or something like that, and she's like, "Oh, you still live here? Yeah, hey, <laughs> nice seeing you again this week." And then they had two interactions a week, and Tom was just like, nah, this ain't it. <laughs> Didn't we put a fridge in the film room for a reason? <laughs> <laughs> All right. D- Eric, I'm not going to lie. That's a terrible noogie. You're the worst. I Like I said, I wonder what your wife would think. I'm Team Davies. I'm just saying that his wife was probably not a nice lady. I'm not saying abuse, but maybe. Time will tell. Time will I guess tell. We'll, we'll see, but verbal. So, can you redact the noogie if uh, I will redact out? the noogie if she, it turns out she was a piece of shit? Okay. Ooh, if you redact the noogie, you get a noogie. I will gladly take that noogie if I'm wrong on this one. Okay. But anyway, yeah. so next segment here, another brand new edition of our "What's Weird in Wisconsin" story. Our WWW, these stories this week uh, do come from Secretary Shauna, who could not join us for the segment. Boo! But did share the stories. It was her week to pick. So, Miss you, Shauna. The first story. Come, come back soon. First story that she had sent along the way um, was the Sturgeon Bay High School graduating class of 2022 is having a boat parade. In the marina. So, yeah, that's not like that's not weird. Yeah, where's the hook to that? So just a just a really odd, you know, just very specific um, that they had all the these uh, rented boats, and I'm gonna try to find the story here. Well, Tom Brady had a boat parade. Their their and, mascot is Clippers, and it led to the best Tom Brady of all time, drunk Tom Brady. His bet his best throw. I mean, arguably, those Super Bowl trophies are heavy. 
I do. I don't think that's uh, honestly. I don't think that's a weird story. I think they. I think COVID has caused many of these ideas, and I don't know that it's the first rendition of that. It is not. So here's uh, here's the story. This came from DarkCountyDailyNews.com. Sturgeon Bay High School brings back a graduation boat parade. Uh, you might be able to call the pandemic-inspired graduation exercise at Sturgeon Bay High School a tradition now. Sturgeon Bay High School officials announced on Monday that it will once begin taking the graduating class of 2022 out onto the water for a boat parade with about half the students participating. The boat parade will begin on Sar- after Saturday's commencement ceremony is held at the high school approximately 11.20 a.m. The parade will travel from the Madeline Marina to the Michigan Street Bridge, travels to the museum area, then back to the main waterway. Members of the public are invited to participate in the festivities, but be aware that the event may be canceled due to unsafe water conditions. The idea of the boat parade was born in 2020 when usual in-person ceremonies could not be held due to the pandemic. The boat parade was also called off that year, but did make its debut last year, 2021. And then I guess the valedictorian is going to be featured later this week. I'm just going to say I would definitely skip that. If if you were in it? The boat would... parade? Oh, yeah. If I just graduated, like on my list of things that I would be doing boat parade with people i just like don't want to see ever again <laughs> does not necessarily sound like something i want to do you know they're kind of hoity-toity up there i don't know if i'd want them to be like I, if i'm going to do a boat parade i want it to be exactly like tom i want someone stone cold throwing me beers yeah i want to be chugging tequila i i know <laughs> for a... high school graduation you guys are awesome what else do you do yeah I did not draw drink in high school. Well, that's because it was during Prohibition, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> that might be that might be a top, that's a top ten slam on the show for sure. That was a good one, Eric. I'm gonna let you have that one. You're an asshole, by the way, but. I- let you have that one. That he was didn't good. know where the speakeasies were. So. <laughs> oh, he didn't know the secret knock you had to do on the door. Is it one, two, one, two, three? Or is it one, two, four? <laughs> Poor little Justin with his little paper boy hat <laughs> trying to get into the speakeasy. We're finer on Barstool Sports right now. I'm the oldest employee on a stupid show. <laughs> God, I hate you guys. That was a good one. Was that the end of the What's Weird in Wisconsin? No, we got one more. Oh, because I have a question to ask. Okay, well, one more. Wait, is it about the last one? or No. Okay. So the other one comes here from CBS 58. I believe this is out of Milwaukee. Uh, yep, out of Kenosha, Wisconsin. There's a special kind of love for quick trip gas stations. So much so that a Wisconsin man decided his chickens needed a place just to call their own. Nicholas, who lives in Kenosha, figured his chickens deserved a quick trip, but with very little change of name. Found some plans online for Chicken Coop and redesigned it to fit his needs. When coming up with the plan, Nicholas thought of the name Chick Trip. It has the same red neon sign and lighting. It's the Chick Trip, C-H-I-K Trip. And that would be his, he said, uh, the article kind of ends up with, I bet you they have fresh eggs. Yeah, little little Chick Trip. Got the same like red neon sign. So that, that was the rendition of What's Weird in Wisconsin from Secretary Shauna this week. Kind of a dead news week. I was trying to help out this week. Not a whole lot out there for weird. A lot of sad stuff in the news this week. Yeah. So did you guys see uh, Kurt Cobain's guitar 
sold for like four point six million dollars. The not. one he, the one he used in Team Spirit, it was actually sold to Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts. That's awesome. So the question that I would have for you guys, if you could have one piece of sports memorabilia or memorabilia in general, what would that piece of memorabilia be? Ooh, that's tough. Because I mean. But not like an autograph picture. I'm talking right, like, right, like something that was from something, right? Yeah, like game used or mm-hmm. something to that effect. Brett, Brett Favre's Vicodin bottle. <laughs> That's the one you're gonna pick of anything. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I guess maybe. I mean, that's something. It's gonna be worth a lot. Wasn't there a lot of them though? Yeah, there. That probably, that probably kind of loses the value because of how many were flooding the market at the time, Justin. <laughs> and you know, as soon as as soon as one goes up, all the rest are gonna pop up. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't want that no more. Ooh, <laughs> that's tough. That's a that's a good question. Do you have one in mind? Personally, I, I don't. I mean... It would probably be an old race car of some kind, like an old chassis race car from. Like an old Dale Earnhardt car. 2001? Not the 2001 car, Eric. That one is no, no longer consistent. Is it really? What? They like blow it up or something? I believe they scrapped it, yeah. Hmm. They pretty much have all of his... So fun fact about the Dale Earnhardt cars. If you go to the Dale Earnhardt Museum, you go look through all the chassis of the cars. Pretty much they have all of Earnhardt's cars from... Like 99, 2000, and 2001. They have all the original cars. However, the bodies on them are redone bodies because Kevin Harvick actually drove them all for two years. Okay. And then they pulled them all back to the museum, parked them, and rebodied them to what they originally were. So, like, if, if I was going to pick a Dale Earnhardt car, which I don't think that necessarily would be the route that I would go, it'd have to be the 98 500, right? Yeah, see, I don't think you'd be able to get that car. No, I don't think so either. But if we're talking fantasy world here, where we're spending infinite amount of money on something, like a Kurt Cobain guitar from Teen Spirit. Yeah, probably. I mean, like, I'm. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about like things that or that are just so one-off, off the wall, special. Jeff Gordon's T-Rex car from the All-Star Race in '96, '98. 98 All-Star Race T-Rex car. The one that literally they had to change the rule book so that. I think if I was going to go for a Jeff Gordon car and, and obviously I'm, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, you want one of the champion cars, you want one of the 500 cars. I think I would want one of his like 4th of July Daytona or Pepsi 400 Daytona cars that he won in. Cause he, when we were growing up, it seemed like he won that race every year, even though obviously he didn't. He won it like, but it seemed like he times, won it yeah. like every year when we were growing up. And it was always in that, those cool Pepsi those cars. Those cool, like blue, all blued out Pepsi yeah. cars. So that's maybe if I was going that route. I don't, I don't know if I'd go that route either. Um, if I was going to go for one piece, I think it would be Brett Favre's game ball from the Oakland Raiders game when his dad died. Ooh, that's a good one. I was going to say Barry Bonds's last or Barry Bonds's bat that he hit with the last home run for the record breaker. What was it, 755 or something? 756, 756, I believe, would have been the record. 
that. Do we do we recognize that record as the first Wisconsin podcast? I think you have to. Okay. I I I think you can put an asterisk next to it if you really want to, saying, "Hey, maybe this wasn't legitimate," or you know, what is whatever. But I think you have to acknowledge that it is the record. Okay. Wrong, right or wrong or indifferent. I'm indifferent. I think he. I think everyone should be on steroids. Probably makes stuff more interesting. Especially baseball. Yeah, I mean, it can be much more boring. <laughs> you could be tennis. You know. At least tennis, tennis is, is more exciting than baseball. And at least tennis oh, is you guys fast. Like tennis yeah. is what a half hour? No. No, 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 no. Tennis is like days at times. No. Like one match? Get out of it here. It takes man. hours. Yeah, baseball hour takes. Hour and a half at most. No, 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 no. Not a big tennis house over here. When no, when Novak Djokovic is is on the court, yeah, when he's not is. on the juice, yeah, <laughs> when he is on what the shot though, he should be. I'll take. Can you imagine? They serve that tennis ball like 124 miles an hour. Yeah, it's a tennis ball without juice. Can you imagine if they were juiced. What's his favorite Djokovic was, wasn't it? No, he he got no. he got sent home from it's his because last he major because he didn't shot. want the, the COVID shot. Oh, so it was not on the juice. He was not on the jab. Yeah, but could you imagine? Like, look at this trainer. He's on juice for sure. I'm waiting for it. The USFL is a big juicing league. I think I'm gonna go on record as it's not. I think it'd be a lot better if it was. And they'd probably be in the NFL. Big juicy league. So you just want you basically just want to have Blitz the lead. Yeah, Justin wants the old XFL back. He wants NFL Blitz two thousand two. No Blitz. Shit, yeah. Blitz the league where you could uh, feed your players mystery pills. Yes. Yes. That game was wild. Blitz the league was so good. If that if that all that was legal, Johnny Jolly would be playing in this league right now. He's pretty old though. He was old back in the day when he was juicing. His purple drink. Port. He's hey. not that old. He was drafted like 2007, I'm pretty coming, sure. Coming from someone that saw Moses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gave you Moses his uh, his instructions on how to build the ark. That's Noah, but. Dick faces. <laughs> All right, let me look it up. Faces. I'm I I'm pretty sure he was drafted 07 or 08, so I don't think he'd be in the league anymore. I'm gonna go on a bold record saying that you can. Yeah, he's old. He's 39. Yeah. Who was right? Eric was right again. 2006, he was drafted. You were wrong. My bad. I was on the wrong side <laughs> of being right. Uh, speaking of old players, you see that. Um, Michael Vick was initially going to play in that fan control football league, and then allegedly he found out that it was tackle football. He's like, "No, no, no, I'm not. I'm done. I'm done." How do you, what? Like, how do you not know his tackle football until after he said, "I'm going to play there"? I, that's my question. I, I'm curious on that as well on how that breaks down the dynamics wise. But dead serious, like that was the the angle he took out of it. Michael Vick. Yeah. It's way past his prime. 
I think he, he could play. I think he could play one game. Well, yeah, we all could play one game. I mean, like one game very well, and then oh, he'd be done. Yeah, maybe. Just doesn't got anymore. No, but this throw by Clinton Thorson was sweet. Ramsey, did we get an answer for you on on your uh, your memorabilia or Justin like a serious one from you? Yeah, I said the Barry Bonds. Oh, that's bat. right. You're right. You're right. I said the Jeff Gordon TXR. That's true. So you're just not paying attention to Sarah. I I I just want to make sure we hammered it down. You know, make sure it was. He's still thinking about his terrible take with Zach Davies, Ramsey. It's not terrible yet. We, as far as we know, I'm in the right here. As far as you know, I don't understand how you're two in the sides right to every hell? coin, Eric. I like to withhold judgment until I find out what actually like, happened. Uh, okay, so if you're just gonna leave a chick, isn't just being cold-hearted and up and gone being? Yeah, isn't that best way? You know? I, I feel like there's probably better that's ways to handle case it. Best case scenario for both parties. <laughs> not dragging it out. Yeah, it's pretty easy not to be with someone if they don't message you back. Yeah. It's fair enough, I suppose. Anyway, so Packers OTA is going on right now. Uh, you know, the I guess really the only kind of conversation kind of coming out of it. We know we know we got a lot of the younger talent there. Um, Jordan Love taking the reps with the ones right now. Uh, big debate on ESPN the other day about whether or not Aaron Rodgers should be there. No. Justin, you have a take on this at all? No. No take. Should he be there? Yeah, probably. Is Does any of those veteran quarterbacks actually show up to these things? Absolutely not. Who gives a shit? Why do, you, why do we care that he's at a voluntary thing? Because he's the so I guess Arlovsky and I can't remember who the other ESPN guy were going, they were going at it about how he should be there for his young wide receivers and he's only got you know three wide receivers coming back from last year that he has any rapport with at all, and two of them are only two of them are any good. I uh, maybe, but honestly, I see the point, but. It's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Yeah. I kind of go back to what I would. I think the. I don't think the receiver makes the quarterback and the quarterback makes the receiver. So at the end of the day, the the quarterback's going to throw you open to a point. It's your job now to get open. So I think you can do that without whatever quarterback is there. Do you know what I mean? Like if Jordan Love is there or. Aaron Rodgers is there. Your job is still to get away or create separation between defensive back. Yeah, absolutely. So their job doesn't change at all. Absolutely. Like I said, I, I am very much on the side of I don't think he needs to be there right now. Um, Matt LaFleur was saying how yesterday, um, or I guess he had been talking with Aaron, and they talked about the tweaks for the offense this year. Everyone's on the same page. It sounds like everyone's good to go. So, what were the tweaks that they're going to do the change to? That they didn't really specify. What, so, what do you guys think the tweaks are going to be? There's going to be tweaks to the offense. What do you do to change the offense to the current personnel? 
Well, I think it's something we've talked about pretty extensively on the show. I think it's going to be knowing that you're going to be ground and pound them a lot of the time. You're going to run to set up the pass and spread the field more. I think. I mean, I think it's as simple as that, right? Like, I don't think you're going to go reinvent the wheel with this offense right now just because Devonta Adams isn't there. Am I am I wrong? No, I, I that's I, I guess no, that would be. You know my what thought. the tweak? You know what the tweak is going to be? Turn around and hand the ball off a lot more. Like I mean, I think it's going to be kind of like the old school. I mean, you have a much better quarterback than what these other teams did, but it's going to be a lot like the old school Wisconsin Badgers type mantra of we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball, and eventually we'll hit some play action, we'll hit some quick passes, and. We'll get down the field, we'll wear you down, and then we'll air it out in the fourth quarter when you're tired. So what do you guys think of the Packers and their... Are they a playoff team currently? Oh, 100%. Without a doubt. I think there's a lot of uh, national talk saying that they are not a playoff team, and I'm like, I don't understand how we just assume that. That defense is going to be a... That defense is going to be a force. Top twelve for sure. I mean, I think you could say top six or seven easily. If everyone stays healthy, that of course you know that's always the caveat. Can everyone stay healthy? But if everyone can stay healthy, I I don't think you can convince me that that defense, statistically speaking, or and just even in performance, is going to be any worse than six or seven. I mean, they were a top. Tier defenses last year, they didn't have two of their best players play. Right. I mean, yes, you'll yeah, probably. I think. I think it's fair to say you might have some regression. I think it's fair to say that you might not be a thirteen and four, thirteen and three team, and I think that's okay. Like, I don't think you need to be a thirteen win team to to be a playoff team in this division. I think you could. I mean, not saying this is going to be happening either, but. You could be ten and seven and easily win this division by probably about a game or two. I don't think that's out of the realm. I mean, there's there's predictions that Chicago's gonna be the worst team in the league this year. And you still got Detroit who still hasn't necessarily figured it out yet. It's not like they're gonna blow you away with the quarterback or the offensive side of the ball. So really you've got to get past Minnesota and what has Minnesota done? Kirk Cousins there, Eric. I think Minnesota's gotten better, but on the same right, they're probably going to be the same because coaching-wise, I think they've gotten worse. Well, Speaking of Minnesota, while we're, we're at this, could probably could have been another noogie. Did you see Kelly Stafford, who she saw the fake quote about Rodgers, who, like a fake quote saying how he considers um, Kirk Cousins to be a close personal friend and, and like they get together all the time and have dinner. And, like, they talk about how um, if they were on any other team in the NFC North, they would win multiple Super Bowls. Like, they could, if they were on the Bears or the Lions, they'd be the best quarterback in those franchises' history. And then Kurt, uh, Matt Stafford's wife, Kelly uh, Stafford, was like, uh, maybe the Bears. And then she went after him again. It's a fake quote. Rodgers never said it. Well, yeah. Why would he say that? I'm just saying if you saw the story about that, like the, the this story of that side of things. No. Definitely worth checking out. The 
the issue with Minnesota is the same issue that Dallas is going to run into and probably the same issue, issue that Miami's going to run into. They have all the pieces in place. They're way overpaying a quarterback. And the rule in the NFL is you cannot pay an average quarterback and expect to win or be in contention to win a lot of games. Well, then you don't have all the pieces in place. You do. You can have all the pieces in place. You just have to have the right quarterback. And you can't overpay the quarterback. Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. You can't have yeah, all the pieces in place without having the most important piece. Yeah, they don't have the right quarterback. Everything else. So then they don't have fine. all the pieces. They have the supporting cast, but they don't have the it factor quarterback. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Can't overpay a quarterback. Can't overpay an average quarterback. That's uh that's I think of... I agree with part of your situation. I think they have all the pieces to win. I don't think they have the coaching staff to win. No, you cannot win a you you are not a Super Bowl team if you have Kirk Cousins as your starting quarterback. Just like Dallas will never be a Super Bowl team as long as Dak Prescott's there. I, I I guess I was referring to Dallas. Oh no, Dak Prescott is in the same boat as Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins are the same quarterback. I actually I I think I like Kirk Cousins a little better than Dak Prescott, to be honest. Like if we're if you had to give me one or the other, I'd probably take Kirk Cousins stay over Dak Prescott. I agree. I don't think Dallas is the coaching staff, but I think Dallas for sure is not have the coaching staff. I don't know that I disagree with that either. I think I think Kirk Cousins winning that playoff game um, down in New Orleans really did something for his career. I wouldn't say trajectory. I wouldn't say anything like, but like the the stigma around him. Did it though? It really changed. That was three oh, years ago. That was two, three years ago now. Yeah, I'm, I don't understand what your point is. Nothing. The Vikings got slammed by injuries last year. I don't think that would have mattered. The, Viking, the Vikings, the Vikings, today are probably a top wild card contender or division winner contender. The Vikings are a playoff team as they sit. Sure, but you might be a playoff team, but that's because the middle portion of the league right now is pretty soft. Like you have a really high upside and you have a really high or you have a really big upstairs, your downstairs there's a lot of average. So you can be the best of the downstairs, but as soon as you start playing those teams upstairs, you get blown out. That's what Dallas is. That's what Dallas happened in San Francisco. Granted, that game was closer than I think if Dak Prescott doesn't obviously take a quarterback sneak off and Mike McCarthy defends it, which is that still leader in the clubhouse or dumpster fire of the year? It's definitely definitely up there. But, but I, I don't I don't I don't get where, where Minnesota's this this top tier team. They haven't been a playoff team in three years now. They haven't been close in three years now. I think they're gonna be better than they were last year. Sure, but that's not saying like that's not saying a whole lot. They have a good defense. They have a good defense. They have a top five running back, and they have a top ten. What receiver? do you say? Yeah, six, seven receiver. I don't think their defense is as good, honestly. 
I think they have a lot of defensive names who were good five years ago. And I think they've kind of gotten in the same position that I think we kind of thought that the Rams were in at one point last year. And then we know that Seattle was in towards the end of their kind of run is they overpaid for names over production. And I don't think you're going to keep seeing it. I think their trajectory is going down as a whole, as a unit. Oof. They paid way too much to keep some of their main guys. And they've kept them around probably a two years too long. And that defense is only getting older and only getting worse. Who did they pick up in the draft this Oof. year? Anything special? They traded they traded uh they traded down a hell of a lot, didn't they? They did tw- their like two of their top three picks they traded down. God damn it. But I like I said, I just I don't I don't see that unit as a force anymore. Maybe like I said, five years ago, sure. Yeah, I would I think I might agree with Justin though. If we're talking about a wild card team, that like I was just kind of referencing that lower level of the house, they're probably in the upper tier of that level, right? Sure. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. There's again, like we've had on this conversation a bunch. There's probably only six to eight actual Super Bowl contenders a year. Usually about four from each division. Sometimes a fifth one sneaks in there. It's definitely less than ten. I don't think Minnesota's in that conversation. I think they're probably an outside playoff team, and I think that's about what their cap is, too. I don't think that there's any... I, I don't think that a NFC Championship game is going to involve the Minnesota Vikings. No. I, oh, the fir- I And that's my point, ultimately, here, is they may, they may be a fringe playoff team. They may get that six or seven seed, because you know that there's probably going to be two teams from... Uh, Two teams from the West. Yeah, I mean... You look at San Francisco, you look at the Rams. Right. Say what you will about the Cardinals, so that potentially could be three. Sure. Green Bay is not going anywhere. No, they're going to be a playoff team. You've got a team that has to come out of the East, so... Dallas or Washington. Dallas, Washington, Philadelphia, whoever. Probably Dallas or Washington. Probably Dallas or Washington, but... You know, they got a team there. And then... You you still have the Buccaneers, right? And you know the Saints didn't get too terribly worse. The Panthers haven't gotten too terribly worse. Not I'm not saying I want to pick either of those teams in the playoffs, but they're going to be right around that same place Minnesota is, right? Exactly. Is that what you're saying? So you've got potentially three teams out of the West. You've got potentially two teams out of the East. You've got for sure one of the north. That's six. And somebody has to win the south. For seven. So either Green Bay or really Green Bay or Dallas, or excuse me, Minnesota or Dallas is that seven team. Which isn't funny, though, that they're the. Washington? Well, that's what I'm saying. Or Washington. Minnesota, Washington, Dallas. I would say Minnesota is better than Washington. Sure, but they're they're not better than Green Bay right now, are they? I think Washington's division is closer than it was last year. I think Washington's division though is a lot gonna be a lot easier. Well that's what I'm saying. Say what you will about the Lions. The Lions I you could lose a game to the Lions and no one's gonna be like, Oh, you lost the Lions. But the, Are you sure they're not close to New Orleans? 
But that, that's even more to my point. Is that if you have... They're a playoff team? That Minnesota's a playoff team? They're a fringe playoff team, sure. Like I said, six or seven. Get bounced in the first round, call it a week, or call it a year. Sure. You watch Minnesota's going to have a 12-game win streak. All right. They're going to start the season off 12-0, and and we're going to look at a bunch of ass bounds. Not me. So who's your Super Bowl? What's what's the way to early Super Bowl clock right now? I'll get those odds out. And then we got actually we did we didn't do this last week because you weren't here with us right. So we got to go through a schedule breakdown, a way too early schedule breakdown for the Packers yet too. But our current Super Bowl odds, I'm gonna guess Ram, Rams, Chiefs, Bills. Uh, Bills are currently number one. I'm trying to think of it. This is posted today by bonus.com. Yeah, the Bills got a lot better, and the Chiefs did not. The Bills, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Packers. Really? Packers are four. Bills are plus 650. Um, The Buccaneers are plus 750. The Chiefs are plus 900. The Packers are plus 1100. And the Rams are also plus seven or plus eleven hundred. I find that I find that funny that the Packers are ahead of the Rams and the 49ers. I think the Packers are better than the Rams and 49ers last year. I think that they just had a rough They had a rough game where anything that possibly could have went wrong went wrong. Right? I don't think that San Francisco was a better team. And just like I truly think if that playoff game was at Lambeau with the Rams, I don't think the outcome changes from what it did during the season. I don't necessarily know if Green Bay beats Cincinnati, but I, I definitely think they were better than the Super Bowl champs of the Rams. I'd agree with that. Mm. So, Ramsey, Justin, it is time for our way too early Packers schedule predictions. Are you ready? Yeah, let me get the... No, go I, I've got I, it. I got it pulled up here. So, week one... Traveling to Minnesota at the Vikings week one. That will be a win. I'm also saying win. Uh, I'm going to go loss. So keep track of your own record. 1-0 for me, 1-0 for Ramsey, 0-1 for Justin. Week two, Sunday night football, home against the Bears. That's a win for me too, 2-0. and Yep. Win, 1-1. One one. Week three, down to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay still play the Buccaneers in the 325 Fox NFL game of the week. That'll be loss. a loss. One and two. I'm also thinking that's a loss. Two and one. Back home week four to play the New England Patriots at Lambeau Field. Another 325 kick. That'll be a win. I'm also saying win. Win. So 3-1, 3-1, Week five, hop across the pond. Let's go play the Giants in Tottenham Hotspur in London. That'll be a win. I'm also saying win. Win. Three and two. Four and one. Four and one. Week six, home against the Jets on a short week. That'll be a loss. That'll be a trap loss. Win. I agree with that. Four and two. You know, I'm going to say win here. 
uh, win against. So I'm with them at five and one. Week seven, down to Washington for the Commanders. I'm gonna say they lose. So I think that'll be a win. Win. So I'm five at five and two. two. We're all at five and two, I believe. Week eight, Sunday night football against the Bills in Buffalo. That'll be a loss. Loss. Five and three. I'm also gonna say loss. Five and three. Out to Detroit for week nine against the Lions. I'm going to say win. Where's their bye? Uh, it's coming up here. Week 14. 14. I'm going to say it's a loss. Win. So six, six and, and three, three for me and Justin. Ramsey five, five and four. four. Week 10, home against the Cowboys. That'd be a win. Win. Loss. Really? Six yeah. and four. Seven and three. And Ramsey is six and four as well. That check out. Yep. Okay. I got track of my wins. Week eleven, uh, home against the Titans. Thursday night football. That would be a win. Loss six of five. I'm gonna say a loss here as well. I'm gonna say was it put me at six and five as well, or am I at six, seven and four? Seven and four. Thank you. Week twelve, home or in Philadelphia. I say win. Win. Win seven and four. Seven and or seven and five. Okay. Because I'm at eight and four. I'm at eight and four. Week thirteen in Chicago against the Bears. That'll be a win. 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 Eight and five. Nine and four. Then you got the bye week at week fourteen. Oh, that's nice to lay by. Then you've got week fifteen home against the Rams. Monday night football. That'll be a loss. loss. I'm going to say win. 8-6. 10 and 9-5. Then you travel to Miami for week 16 against That'll the Dolphins. A, that'll be a win. I'm also going to say win. That's Christmas Day. 9-6. Nine 9-6. And six. Nine and six. Week 17, home against the Vikings. That'll probably be for the division. I'm going to say win. I'm also going to say Win. win. Ten and six. And then last game, home against the Lions. I'm going to say loss. Division's wrapped up. I'm going to say a loss as well. The division's probably over at that point. I end up at 11 and six. God, Tyler Hero looks like such a douchebag. I also 11 and six. What was that? 12 and five? 12 and five. So. We're not that far off. No, absolutely not. Regardless, I think that's a probably two or three seed at worst. Yeah, probably. Right? I mean, that's probably a two or three seed. At worst. So the the yeah the scary part about that is the head to heads. The scary part about that is there is a lot of playoff teams in that conversation that schedule. Yeah. There is a there's a bunch of playoff teams. You got you got heads to head. You got head to head with uh, Washington. You got Tampa. a head to head with Tampa and Cowboys potentially. The Rams. Yeah, absolutely. So with all that in mind, uh, just a couple kind of housekeeping notes here on the Packers. Um, they did release their preseason schedule today. Not that, that matters for anything. 
Uh, they did also announce that they're going to be doing the joint practice with the Saints this year ahead of their preseason matchup. Uh, have we talked about what you guys think about those the, the joint practices? I personally don't care, but... Not a care in the world. Yeah, I... I... It's, like, it's not a topic. It's not a... But they, they will have the Saints in town for that ahead of their preseason week two matchup. Um, really, that's all in the world of the Packers. Uh, not much in terms of the Bucks. Justin, what do you got for a Badger news for us? You said it was a hot week. It was. They got uh, a couple commitments on the football side. Uh, the number one rated uh, state of Wisconsin recruit, he recruited on 521. Uh, he is a three-star, uh, borderline four-star running back uh, from Milwaukee King. Uh, Nate White, he is six foot one seventy five. He is kind of the lightning to uh, the thunder from a four star running back that they got uh, earlier that we talked about in Jacques Keys. And they also got a a uh, commitment from a big guy, Roderick Pierce, out of Oaklawn, Illinois. They have hit it big in Illinois, guys. Uh, actually, they've hit a big out-of-state so far this year. Um, Nate White, the running back from Milwaukee King, he's the only active state player in the state of Wisconsin that has been offered. Roderick Pierce is six foot three, 290-pound junior that will be a senior. He's a three-star defensive lineman out of Oaklawn. Um, these guys passed up some, some uh, good... Um, let me just pull it up here. Some good offers, some some bigger schools that you'll be recognized uh, here. Uh, Duke being one of them for Roderick Pierce. Let me just go through it. It's right here. Illinois, Iowa State, Kentucky. You know some some Minnesota, Missouri, Purdue, Syracuse, Vanderbilt. So some some power five schools that uh, they chose the Badgers over, and I believe it's going to continue to be a hot hot run for these guys because uh, they have not hired a inside linebackers coach yet. Though I don't know if you guys did we talk about Bill Sheridan? And, we did not on the podcast. His... I know you put it on the the group chat, but you did not on the pod. So Bill Sheridan resigned. He was the the freshly hired um, inside linebackers coach after they moved Bob Bostad to uh, the offensive line coach. He has resigned because he was found to be doing some shady recruiting stuff at Air Force Academy in which he was hired from uh, by the Badgers. So they are in search of... What a kind of shady recruiting course. stuff was going on? <clears throat> uh, through COVID, there was a no contact period in which there was some contacts um, illegally in supporting players on a visit that is currently being under investigation in which he has patently denied any wrongdoing, but We'll see. He's a former NFL guy, so not sure that he really knows what the hell he's doing in 
in uh, college recruiting to begin with. But so I'm gonna ask you guys while we're while we're talking about the world of recruiting. Oh, go ahead, Justin. I don't think you can go finish. Nope, nope. That's fine. We I, we can go right ahead. There's nothing there. I was just gonna say, speaking of recruiting, do have you guys seen the civil war of Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban right now? Yes. Ramsey, have you been paying attention to this at all? I'm not in my head. Yes. However, it doesn't like it matters. It matters heavily, but like people are just assuming that Nick Saban is like this squeaky clean reputation guy. Nick Saban's like known for being a shady recruiter for the last I don't know twelve years. Well, that that's my takeaway from it too. It's like where does where does Nick Saban come from? Well, to be accusing and. Do you want me to tell you? Want me to explain it to you? I would love to hear your side of this, Ramsey. What happened was Nick Saban got out-recruited, which it hasn't happened with Texas A&M. It's happened with Georgia a few times. Right. But he got out-recruited by Georgia or uh, A&M. A&M because A&M bought the majority of their players, right? Allegedly. They bought their players. And that's it's fine. Bad. Under the NIL, that's just how it's going to be. Nick Saban sees the writing on the wall that he's in Alabama, who is one of the poorest states in the entire union, and he said that to the boosters to fund more money into the school, is why Nick Saban went off and did that. And Jimbo Fisher is basically on the side of saying, well, this is the new NCAA. This is just what it is. And you didn't pat you didn't you didn't patently deny that he bought the players. He patently denied that he did anything any wrongdoing. Right. That's just the, that's the new because the wrongdoing element is that they can't use nil money to recruit. Is that correct, Justin? I think you can. Yes. Can't you though? They, no. You. So what you have is. I, there's a lot of study that I have to do on this because it's they have what they call a collective now. So it's like a bunch of old uh, alums that are um, pooling money together to essentially guarantee that there will be NIL money for you when you come here. Right. So I don't necessarily know how um, in recruiting stand because they're not they can't you know you can't just go uh, on the road like the Badgers couldn't go in to Milwaukee King High School and say hey we're going to offer you a, a $50,000 contract right. every six months to sign here the Badgers can't do you that but nothing to. stops those alums from doing that Correct, and that's what's happening, and that's what's going to happen. And that's Texas had what seven of the top ten recruits in the nation. Texas A and M. I don't know. I, yeah, I believe it was Sounds seven right. of the top ten. The last four years, they had, I believe it was one of the top ten, two of the top ten, one of the top ten, one of the top ten. And then all of a sudden, seven show up, and they're a eight and four program. And beat Alabama. And beat Alabama. So I mean, and, this is yeah. the. So what's going to happen with the NIL? And this is the. It just is going to go prove that recruiting classes are going to matter more. But, I mean, did you guys see USC's win total for next year already? No. Their over-under is 9.5. They were 4-8 and eight team last year. Speaking of USC. Now, there's a team that has bought players. 
for sure. Well, see, because they've done it through the transfer portal. Do you want me to want me to tell you how you can fix all this? What do you got, Rams? Get a commissioner of NCAA football and make NCAA football go private. That's how you fix the entire issue. Privatize NCAA football. Let them keep all the money in house. Let them buy players. And the issue right now is that we're sharing money between programs. I don't know that the institutions will go for that, though. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be... I think they would if they saw how much money would be generated. Because the school is still going to get a cut. The school is still going to get a cut of that. I just think that we're... I don't think that's anytime soon. I think that's going to be coming down the line when all these numbers are going to come out and you're going to see football making even more money now because there's going to be more money in the sport that they're going to be like, well, what are we doing? Hopefully that's me. (laughs) But, you know... I'm going to say this, though. I don't. I think this is going to come to a head, too. I mean, like, you've got Central Michigan offering a million dollars to Caleb Williams. I don't know if you, like, or not necessarily the program offering him that money, but you've got schools offering trying to get Caleb Williams when they were recruiting him to go to USC to come to Central Michigan for a million dollars. Okay. So. We're like, I mean, I know we've said it before on this, but we're really in the wild, wild west of this right now. And at some point, this whole thing is going to probably blow up. And I don't want to see that happen because I do, I do think these players should be getting paid legally anyway. Like, I shouldn't, they shouldn't have to worry about getting sanctioned because they got paid to sign an autograph or something. But you've got to, it's going to come to a head at some point. So I don't know if necessarily that's the, you know, to privatize like the Ramsey. Cause I think it, you know, I mean, I think it's a farce now, but then it really would bastardize the whole thing then too. Well, but we say it's going to bastardize the whole thing, but why should the, why should the Alabama football team be supporting the Alabama men's baseball team? I don't disagree. That's what, and I'm gonna say that's what's gonna happen once these teams start seeing how much money's flowing through here now. That they're gonna look at it and be like, "Well, why the fuck are we funding these guys? Like, they're not bringing any money, and why are we funding their program?" And that's gonna be the interesting thing. I think that's gonna be, but that's been the case for 20 years now, I, 30 years now. With the NIL in place, I think it's gonna change a little bit. There's gonna be more money funding through programs. More money is going to be involved, period. And especially with that new ESPN contract that's going to be going through with the SEC, that's going to change stuff. There's, there's going to be so much more money in college football. I think that they're going to have to do something like a commissioner. And when you start getting commissioners involved, you almost have to privatize the whole thing, kind of like the NFL. Well, I'm, I think the best – I mean, I think the route that they're going to have to go, not necessarily privatize it, but I think they've got to have – one governing body right i, don't I mean they kind of they they do with the ncaa but the ncaa has technically no power the conferences and the schools do so i think you i think you need an ncaa commissioner instead of an ncaa president and mark emmerich was a, a buffoon of a clown to be that person but i don't i don't think you necessarily have to privatize it either i think they should but i guess you don't have to i think they should they'll make more money what will happen 
is these super conferences are going to happen. Um, and you'll have four conferences of, what is it, uh, 16 teams of conference. And then those, those schools, those 64 schools are going to break away from the NCAA. That, that is essentially what's going to happen. And they're going to create their own playoff. And we haven't even touched on how much money the playoff uh, series and, and how much more potential they could have on it if it expanded um, money-wise. I know, I know, uh, gameplay-wise, Ramsey, you'd have a different take, but no money. Talking strictly monetarily, they yeah. they they have they have yet to even tip the iceberg on what they could gain out of that. So I, what you're really going to see, I think Ramsey's halfway there. But you're going to see these uh, these Power Five schools merge into four power conferences and break away from uh, the rest of the NCAA. Oh, that's 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 kind of what I was getting at too with my. And that's and but that in those schools will end up. I don't you know how they govern that will be will be a tell. Um, it should be an interesting could, time you though. Know, for college football over the next what decade? There's going to be another. There's going to be another expansion. I mean, the Big 12's not yet. There's talk about a uh, Pac-12 Big 12 merger yet. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot lot going on. I'm trying to think. If, I mean, if you're going to merge like that, though, so you figure you'd have. Pac-12, Big 12. Just trying to think of what makes sense geographically, too. Well, you just split it up into a West and East conference, and you don't even necessarily have to make it geographically. You just No. There's there's a third conference that's lurking that wants to attack some of the big schools like UCLA, USC, um, Oregon, Washington. That conference is the Big Ten. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I'm just trying to think of how you would how you would kind of put two and two together. It'd be easy. The, the, the real question will be is if the SEC and the Big Ten decide to go to 18 before the rest of the Power Five decides to go to 16. That's where the real question lies. Because in, in the new contracts that are coming out, um, you know, content's king, and, and if you could cover so many time zones and you could be on TV from, you know, 11 a.m., 10 a.m. in the east to all the way to 1, 1 o'clock yeah. at 1 a.m., that conference is going to get buku dollars. What I think that's, I mean, the Big Ten was kind of telling you what they were doing ahead of time when they got Rutgers in Maryland. That was more for the basketball side, though, wasn't well, it? I mean, it's still, but they're still ahead of the curve on that going into the... I mean, granted, they already had schools on the Eastern time zone, but they're going to the coast. They're going to two big markets between D.C. and New York City. Right. So, yes, it was primarily for the basketball, but it ends up having that same effect. Right. Yeah, and now it's not really, like, when the Big 12 was going through their latest expansion, uh, the market um, ne- wasn't necessarily the biggest factor anymore. Um, 
to be honest with you, because it's not like Provo, Utah is a big market. They, you know, Salt Lake market. It while it's a big market, it's you know it's probably I don't I don't. It's know a monopolized market though. That's a thing. Thirties, forties market. Houston is a huge market, but it's all about alums and and how much money is poured into the programs and how far they can grow to gain steam and who watches them. Like if you have the most fans, that's kind of what it is now. It's not like the market isn't, it's, it's this is really moving nationally. Like how much, how many fans does Houston have nationally? How many fans like BYU is one of the big, is they're like Notre Dame nationally, right? It, I can't believe it's been this long since it take it's it's taken them to to gain power five. Um, well, BYU is like uh, the Walmart version of Notre Dame, <laughs> and Notre Dame's like Target. Like everything about Notre Dame is just a little bit nicer. Even sure. Like, even like the hillbillies they have are just like a slight. Sure, the history, but the alums they have a lot of money. Certain Notre Dame alums though too. Like just like what you just said, it's it's almost just like a, a Walmart versus Target, just a slightly nicer, a little bit so, more expensive. Target sucks. <gasps> Have you ever been to Target? Hell yeah! How can you say Target hell yeah sucks. to Target and say it sucks? Where did you go, Walmart? <laughs> It's not my favorite store. Target's not your favorite store? How nice is Target? Have you ever seen the artwork? Target has great artwork. <laughs> it's a Target. What, do you, what do you mean it's a Target? It's a Target. Their logo is a Target. <laughs> they have a Starbucks inside. That's you can drink. You can drink coffee while you shop for bird art. What else do you fucking want? Jesus. Sam's Club is way better. That's a totally different store. Sam's Club is, but Sam Club is the Costco, or is the Walmart version of Costco. No. Costco is the Target. Yeah, that's how it works. They're owned by the same people. Yeah, well, Sam's Club is better. Than Costco? <laughs> I think Rams is about to have an aneurysm. What? Than everything. You don't love Sam's Club, I don't love you. No, this is a Costco house. Costco sucks. I'd go to Target before I go to Costco. They're totally different types of stores. I, I, I really don't think we're comparing apples to oranges here. Oh no. Like I, I I will say this. I am team Sam's Club over over Costco personally, but I am one hundred percent team Target over Team Walmart. Dude, you're just wrong if you're on Team Costco. Costco sucks. Sam's Club is the Walmart, and Costco is the Target. I don't understand what you're saying. All I understand is Costco sucks. Oh, God. I gotta go. <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd, ra- I'd rather go to Aldi's than go to Costco. Oh, my God. Aldi's is the fucking worst. They were selling... What were they selling the other day? Um... My mom sent me a picture of it. I was so ridiculous. I'm like, that's why I never go to Aldi. I like Aldi. You guys are wrong. It's very underrated. No. Aldi sucks ass. Aldi's is awesome. Way better than Costco. Text Haley and go, hey, 
I love Albie. Uh, She'll I'll read you a new asshole. I will do that as we speak. And I don't think she's going to respond until like Tuesday, but... It do be that way. It do. Justin, I just think you're uh, you're just wrong on your um, shopping choices. This is a common theme between you and I. We both think each other's wrong on a lot of things, Ramsey. Makes good podcasting content. But you know what we can both agree on? That Eric's no Eric's soccer. take on Zach Davies is terrible. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Your terrible take. Uh, you have some terrible takes, Eric, on Zach Davies. I don't see how it's so terrible off the top of it for coming from two married gentlemen. So what do you what do you want Zach Davies to do? You want him to go back and and take the abuse? You no, know, I I want him to just be a man about it. I want him to say, hey, you know what? This is done. Let's do this like adults. Well, didn't she get the point though when he blocked her and just left? Yeah. Well, how you how are you supposed to if you're going to go through this? And I hope no one on this show ever does. But if you're supposed to go through this, where you have to separate legally speaking, like you start splitting your shit. If you can't even talk to the guy, the guy has not been on social media for two years. Well, then you get all the shit. She wins. He wins. He gets away from the abuse. She gets all the stuff. We don't know he was abused, though. We don't know that he wasn't. That's. I suppose exactly. that's fair. It goes both ways, Eric. Have you never paying to Amber Heard? Paying attention? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Terrible, too. It's a two-way street. Eric, we got to be a little more progressive on the show. It, it can be a two-way street. I'm not going to say that it's not. Why else would a guy just leave in the middle of nowhere? Maybe he's a piece Ms. of shit. Miss Davies is an abuser. I'm not trying to get sued over this. I hope we get a season assist. <laughs> Just saying. It could be true. I'll frame it. Vote it might one. not be true, but it could be true. An unconfirmed report. <laughs> From the Root for Wisconsin podcast. Former brewer pitcher is abused by ex-wife that he cold. I told you. I told you. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. I, I, Can we talk I, about how bad this Celtics Heat series is? The whole NBA playoffs We're has been a joke. We're watching The whole NBA playoffs has been a shit show. There's been maybe two good games. Here's the problem, though. It's the three. The three evens everything out. Like, Boston is obviously a better team than Miami, and Golden State is by far a better team than Dallas. It's just that when one of these teams get hot and starts hitting threes, it just kind of – it's the great equalizer. One team like, cold, one team hot ball. Do you think these are the least entertaining um, playoffs because we already know who's going to win the NBA championship? I don't think that's necessarily just a foregone conclusion, though. I think Golden State really? and Boston is that's a terrible matchup for Golden State. Really? Yeah. Really? I think I I wouldn't like I I would obviously still take Golden State in this series. I think Golden State has better players. But I bet you that's a six-game series. Boston is really long, and Boston defends really well. And Golden State has had an issue playing long teams that defend. That's what traditionally they the last since they've been on this run. That's what they've struggled against. It sounds like something I'd be interested in until probably the second game of the series when 
Golden, Golden State goes up two nothing and blows them out of the gym the first two games, and we already know. I mean, there's just no way any of these teams. There's no way, like, there's no way that they're gonna match Golden State's um, speed. You don't have to though. No way. Golden State would have to play a little bit of Boston's game if it was Boston. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying that Boston wins that series. I would just say, simply stating the fact, Boston is by far the best defensive team left, and Golden State is by far probably the best offensive team left. Traditionally speaking, especially in the finals, usually the better defending team, not necessarily wins, but they have a decent shot at it. So I don't think it's just a foregone conclusion that Golden State wins their, what, fifth ring, fourth ring? I think that I I wouldn't years. I wouldn't necessarily want to play Boston. That's all I'm saying. If I won't stay. It. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, but like I said, just as a whole, it's been a very boring playoffs. Like Damn, I have had no. Horrible. I mean, outside of the watching the Bucks, I've had no interest in trying to watch any of these games. The Bucks just ran out of gas. Oh, 100%. That's just what happened. They just, especially with how late in the season it went last year, they only had, what, eight weeks off, I think it was, six to eight weeks off before the start of the next season. I mean, Milwaukee just ran out of gas. Jesse Giannis was first team. First team. Only player to ever do it four years in a row. It's incredible. Defense? No, first all NBA. All NBA. It's pretty impressive. I thought it was, and and granted, it's just the positions that they play, but I thought it was odd that Joel Embiid was not the first team NBA, but was one of the MVP finalists. And I know that there's only, you can only have, you know, so many positions there. Well, I mean, Jokic. Well, they put the the MVP MVP there, right? Well, right. I'm just saying, like, I mean, you're going to go, it was what, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. But Embiid wasn't in the, that first team. That's what I'm starting to say. It was uh, Luka, Luka, Booker, and... Luka, Booker, Giannis, and... Uh, Luka, Booker, Giannis. The third guard. James Harden. <laughs> no, he was under 27 because the entire first team is under 27. God, how much of a podcast is this? We are Durant? Just... No, it was the. Oh, Durant. So uh, Durant has allegedly not talked. Oh, Tatum. Tatum uh, hasn't allegedly talked to the Brooklyn front God office since they got swept. God, do I hate that guy? Kevin Durant. I hate Jason yeah. Tatum. Kevin Durant hasn't talked to the front office. Why do you hate Jason Tatum? Oh, he's just, he's unwatchable. Unwatchable. I think this Horrible. series really opened, or the Bucks Celtics series really opened my eyes to kind of how he's trying to get superstar star calls. I don't think he's there yet, and he's flopping around like a fish out of water. He's not there yet, but he's a, one of the better two way players in the league. Sure, I I I do watch enjoy watching his game from whistle to whistle. He's I probably. I mean, he I, that surprised me, Justin. He's one of the few NBA players that actually play both ends of the ball. He is the epitome of what is bad with the NBA offensively. 
which is? Like, he's a walking travel. He can only hit an open shot unless it's a travel. Like, if you watch some of every time he touches the ball, there's a travel. Okay, every sure, it's not, it's not middle school boys basketball. You can't really call it travel. These guys are so athletic. What are you supposed to do? Like, they're... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean? What are they supposed to do? Not travel? Like, what do you mean? It's they've done it for their whole lives. But they've also the NBA has never called traveling. And I've not. I have said this for a long time. I'm. I, the NBA is very hard to watch for me. Yeah, even watching Giannis. Giannis travels constantly. I can't stand it. Jason Tatum and all of his whining and bitching and pissing and moaning is enough too. Like I can't. Justin, that's not for me. Just, just because you were there with Dr. James Naismith when the game was invented, doesn't make you the expert. <laughs> Justin was the one hanging the peach basket. <laughs> hey boy, get up there. <laughs> I, I, it's just a ter- it's that's it's terrible basketball. I, I do agree that the that the NBA, especially in the regular season, is just so hard to watch because of how you know you know as a as a purist of sports, but I'm, I'm gonna say this though, even the college level and the high school level is kind of hard the to watch. College level's getting worse. And so the is the high school level. getting worse. The high school level is well, not as good as it used to be either. It's not, not as fundamental. Pure. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot closer to what the NBA is today than what high school basketball used to be. Mm. Uh, the only exception in which I would agree with you is that they have differed on what a Euro step is in high school basketball. Yeah, but I'm saying there's a lot more ISO and there's a lot less team basketball and high school basketball today than what there was a decade ago. Sure. Right? So if you're talking from a purist standpoint, high school basketball is not even as good as it used to be. I hate high school basketball. I really do. Oh, it's a terrible take. A terrible take to hate high school basketball? I thought you said high school basketball. ISO. <laughs> I said, ISO. I hate high school basketball. High school basketball? I hate ISO. What did you say? High school basketball? ISO. Oh, so I thought you said high school. No. So did I. I'm like, well. No, no, no. We're going to do. Uh, is this Eric's episode of Terrible Takes or what? No, 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 no. Wonder if Zach Davies ever played high school basketball. No wonder you hate high school basketball. I don't think about college basketball, though. He's too small. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. So that's my take on Jason Tatum. Like I could watch Al Hor- Horford play. Well, yeah, cuz he dude's... was he was also there with Dr. James Naismith. But <laughs> <laughs> you guys were hanging the peach basket. I I knew you were going to go that route. But so was LeBron. No. LeBron was 18 LeBron years old in 2003. Huh? LeBron was 18 years old in 2003. He was drafted out of high school. They're the same age. Doesn't matter. Oh, really? That's a terrible take. 
give me a break. So because I like Al Horford, Al Horford played one year of college ball and LeBron played zero years of college ball. And one had a much better career than the other one. <laughs> Al Horford's still playing at a high level. I don't know what you're talking about. The problem was when the MVP didn't get injured. He was the MVP favorite. This year? Yes. yes. No way. Yes. He led the league in scoring. LeBron can't win. He's not a winner by himself anymore. He's not an MVP candidate. No way. No way. All right, let's wrap this up. Yeah, I, I this is officially taking a turn. Anyway, Milwaukee Brewers, what's brewing? Still in first place, four-game lead in the Central. Big series this weekend coming, four games set against the Cardinals uh, in St. Louis. Brewers just took a series from the Padres out west. Good series to watch. Kind of let the game, they could have had a sweep, kind of let game one of the series slip away from them. Got the series win after a 2-1 win today. Or two one win today. Can't complain about that. Weekend series win. What more do you want? Good stuff. That's what's brewing. Yep. And then, what are you guys rooting for this coming week? I mean, we, we didn't even touch on the big races coming up this weekend. Well, I mean, Sunday is the best day in racing. Easily, 100%. Yeah. You have the Monaco Jimmy Grand Prix Johnson in the morning. Jimmy Johnson with the fastest time, huh? It's actually Scott Dixon. Well, he posted one in, in like the first practice session. Yeah, but Scott Dixon's on the pole with the fastest uh, four-lap average in Indianapolis history. Jimmy Johnson's going to win. I would love for that to be a thing. IndyCar, I have not been paying attention to, and I know I should. I, if Jimmy Johnson wins the 500, I would definitely be more avid or more. Where avid. would that put Jimmy Johnson in the laurels in history of racing? Unfortunately, with Jimmy Johnson, I think that he. He would have to go down as what? Is the he won the 500? Ever? No. Foyt won three 500. Or he, Foyt won a 500, three Indy or four Indy 500s and Le Mans. So did Mario Andretti. He, so if we're talking about just pure race car drivers, he's behind those guys. I believe AJ what? Foyt also won Monaco. So AJ Foyt has all of the... In my opinion, AJ Foyt is the greatest race car driver of all time. Good. AJ Foyt won what? He won the Daytona 500? Yep. 1974. He has four Indy 500s. He won Le Mans in 67. And I, like I said, I believe he won Monaco. So how do you stack up the history? Uh, how do you stack up the past to the where today is now? I think it was harder to do it then. To be Only driver to win the Indianapolis four, 500 four times. Daytona 500, 24 hours of Daytona, 24 hours of Le Mans, and 12 hours of Sebring. Yeah, AJ Foyt, like I said, in my opinion, and he also um, pioneered the Coyote chassis in IndyCar. So not only did he, um, not only was he very successful on the track, he also in, like started Indy towards the modern day. Like that's where the Coyote chassis back in the late seventies was kind of where IndyCar is going now. So, 
in like I said, in my opinion, AJ Foyt's the greatest race car driver of all time, followed by. I mean, that's hard to that's hard to argue. Yeah. Fo- sure. Followed by Mario Andretti, and then I think um, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Richard Petty, and then I think Jimmy Johnson's after those guys. And I don't really have. So interesting. You think Jeff Gordon? Did you say Jeff Gordon? Yes, I did. Ahead of Jimmy Johnson? I think so. I'd agree with that. I think Jeff Gordon was a better race car driver. Now, Jimmy Johnson's obviously more accomplished on the championship. Jeff Gordon has more wins. Jeff Gordon was better in big races. I think Jeff Gordon, he had that incident in Las Vegas in 2008 where he wrecked his uh, Nicorette car on the backstretch, and he was never quite the same driver after that. And he still could have won two or three more championships after that point, too. And in Jeff Gordon's defense, if Jeff Gordon had the same point system... Now, I get... Jimmy Johnson won... Seven. Seven in the new NASCAR format. If Jeff Gordon doesn't ever change, Jeff Gordon would have won seven or eight. Easy. And so that's the one thing that I always think Jeff Gordon gets a slight knock on is that Jeff Gordon didn't get the same points... Um, standings like Earnhardt and Petty did. So I think hmm. I think Earnhardt's better than Gordon, and I think Earnhardt's better than Petty. In my opinion, I think Dale Earnhardt's probably the best NASCAR driver of all time because Dale Earnhardt did it at a different time when NASCAR was more competitive against more Hall of Fame drivers. But I, and I don't even Richard Petty. I you kind of just have to put him in just based on the fact of two hundred wins, two hundred wins. But if you really so NASCAR purist, and I consider myself that Richard Petty's two hundred wins. If you really go through and calculate it, it's really like one hundred and seven, hundred and eight. There's a lot of them that wouldn't be NASCAR sanctioned events in the modern era. So Richard Petty kind of gets the pass just based on just a volume stat more so and he was in far superior equipment than everyone else was racing at the time so so all that's really left to do guys is make our picks and i don't know i got i got odds up here so if you want to go through odds we can do that but um what do you say we do three from each race sure three picks each race and justin do you want to go first rams you want to go first um ramsey Okay, so what are we gonna pick first? Let's do let's do the order that they're racing. Let's go five hundred. Well, Monaco's technically first. Oh well, that's outside of my realm. Max Verstappen's gonna win Monaco. Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. I I got it first, fucker. Have you guys watched? Well, I can still... <laughs> Mercedes can barely make races anymore. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Did not know that. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton's been struggling hard. Perfect time to turn it around. Perfect time to turn it around. Lewis Hamilton. Nobody cares. I care. Monaco's probably the biggest race on the day. No. Monaco. Let me know how it goes. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Report <laughs> back next week. All right. Indy 500. Rams? Um, is Graham Ray? Danica Patrick. He is. He's uh, plus 2,500. How about uh, Alexander Rossi? Um, uh, plus seventeen fifty. Give me Alexander Rossi. 
All right. I'm going to go willpower at plus 1,200. Oh, that's a nice bet. Thank you. I'm going I'm going back. Is Marco Andretti on there? Um, yes, he's plus 4,000. I'm going with Marco. All right. That's round one. Justin, you lead it off again. I'm definitely going to go with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson is at plus 1,400. I'm going to go... I'm going to go my, I mean, the, the odds on favor, I'm not going to make this pick, but Scott Dixon is the odds on favor plus 500. Uh, but I'm going to go Takuma Sato plus 1,400. Graham Rahal. All right. And then Ramsey, last round. You're maybe pull indie drivers off the top of my head. I'm not really good at that. <laughs> Give me some names. Uh, let's see. We can go Scott Dixon is plus 500. Alex Powell. Do you want, do you want long shot or do you want a favorite? Well, we can't pick the favorite. No, Scott Dixon's off limits. So okay. Who's uh? I mean, uh, Elio Kestrnavis is plus twenty two fifty. Oh, give me Helio. Okay. God damn it! Fuck you, Justin. I know you love Helio. <laughs> I was gonna take him. Why does Ramsey get to go first? We snaked it, man. That sucks. I'm gonna go J.R. Hildebrand at plus seventy five hundred. Oh. All right. Now I have no clue who the hell's left. Justin, how about we want to go uh, Juan Pablo Montoya plus seventy five hundred? I was going to say Juan Pablo. That the He's pick? got some Indy wins, doesn't he? Indy 500 win? Tony Kanaan's plus 1750. Uh, Simon Pagnod's plus 1750. I'll go, I'll go Juan Pablo. I'll, I'll do the Juan Pablo. I'll pop on the Bob. All right, Justin. So we'll go, <laughs> we'll go Coke 600. And since I let Ramsey go first, I will give you first pick. So you Why does snake. Justin get to go first? You went first for the Indy 500. No, he, Ramsey can go first. Let's keep consistent. Okay. He can always pick the first person. That's the way he is. All right. Kyle Larson. Oh, you bitch. Eric? I'm going to go Kyle Busch. Yeah. This is a race of endurance, boys. All right? Uh, so with that, I'm going to go with one, Alex Bowman. So for the record, uh, Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson are tied for odds on favorite at plus 550. Uh, Justin went so plus... Are we so are we not doing favorites anymore? No, we, we can't. Or I'm just are we saying... just picking all the favorites? We're just picking whoever you want to pick. We're not allowed to pick the favorite for the Indy 500. He's plus 500. Like, he's heavy favorite. But you're allowed to pick whoever you want. Alex Bowman's plus 1,400. He's like eighth. Hey, hey, so, Justin, hey. we're doing snake style, so you get to go again. I'm going to go Denny Hamlin. Plus 1,200. I'm going to go... Give me... I made the pick for the all-star race. Give me Ryan Blaney. Also plus twelve hundred. Yeah, I will take. Martin Shooks Jr. Plus one thousand. And Rams last pick. Uh, Chase Elliott plus six hundred. My last pick. I'm gonna go long shot here. I'm gonna go Daniel Suarez plus four thousand. I'm I'm torn because I got I got a cover now. I've I've covered 
Ford or I've covered Chevy and Toyota. I need to cover a Ford. I'm thinking, but I've also torn. You guys, you guys have left a, a big name out there for me in Ross Chastain, and and this would solidify his whole season to win the Coke Six. But I got to cover the Ford situation. Ramsey, who's been the best Ford car all year? Logano? Mm, I, Logano. Standing, or... Standings-wise, it's Ryan Blaney, for what it's worth. Logano would be the second best Ford. Chase Briscoe is probably pretty high up there, too. Kevin Harvick, Eric Almirola, Chase Briscoe. So I'm going to go Ross Chastain. Plus 1,400. <laughs> Don't want to dick it around. Because I grabbed his top Ford. That's what happened. Anyway. So with, with that, we'll wrap up the episode. Anything else you guys are rooting for this week? Or are we just going to kind of leave it at, at racing? Just racing. It's a racing weekend. All right. Sounds good to me. This is episode 75. We are in the books. For Ramsey, for Justin, I'm Eric. We're signing out. Thank you, everyone, listening. Be sure to follow along with our Facebook social media pages as we uh, continue to root for Wisconsin. And thank you for listening. Tell a friend. Share with the sh- uh, share the show with a friend. We're out. See you. Bye. Salut.